0: Sentira media.
1: You are listening to the Lotta Volamarque Radio Network. Snow snow, snow, snow. I wash my hands with snow. I take a care with snow Good morning and thank you for downloading We're in Holly Jolly Spirits because uh, it is the first snow of the season It is snow, snow, snow White outside and it makes me feel like watching White Christmas
0: Yes, a little bing always gets me through the holidays
1: Thank you so much for downloading our podcast My name is Jason, I'm joined with my lovely wife Ashley And together we have a little podcast called The Podcast from Italy Ciao! Ciao! It's a little look into the lot, our lives and what's going on at our tiny little farmhouse and agriturismo here in Le Marche, Italy. And we are stinging, stinging and stuck in snow. We have, uh, what would you say, six inches?
0: Something like that. 12, it's 15 nice. centimeters it's- of snow. It was perfect because we decorated the Christmas tree. We have one in the kitchen, and we'll get one in our little place. And um, we decorated the one in the kitchen, so it's got a bunch of lights and the the balls and everything are on it. And some other lights are strung up in the kitchen, so it feels really festive. And then to have the snow falling and make it so we're kind of holed up at home. I love it.
1: Today is Monday, the 10th of December. Thank you very much for joining us.
0: Which actually makes the snow the earliest we've ever had.
1: Yeah, we had. It's true. It's true. Nor- uh, you- normally the snow's in after Christmas or gen- or January.
0: Because technically the snow was on eighth.
1: The, the snow two days ago. Yeah.
0: So that was definitely since we've arrived the earliest we've had snow. I wonder if it's a precursor of things to come. Um,
1: please do not talk like that. After dun dun dun. after last year's winter, I well, don't need
0: the end of the world is coming too. So you never know. This could be part of that. Oh,
1: that's true. Twelve <laughs> days. Twelve days. Anything on your calendar
0: for the end of the world, Jason?
1: Um, probably not. I don't if think you had so.
0: to, if you could pick one last
1: meal, what would it be? One last meal before the end of the Mayan calendar. Um, <laughs> see, that's a loaded question because. I would have to say something crappy from America because we haven't had. Or like Thai food or sushi. Sushi, there you go. You'd have sushi? I have sushi.
0: As your last meal on earth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Too much sushi. Too much sushi to people. You
0: wouldn't just gorge yourself on a pig? Some sort of pork product? No,
1: because we get pork products all. I get pork all the time here. (sighs) Now sushi is something you can't find.
0: I'd make it into some sort of all-day eating event.
1: I'm sure it would. But <laughs> save your save your latest uh, save your latest fat story okay. f- story about being fat for later in the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, we've had a little, we had a little snow here, and, uh, we took a little trip, so we have lots to cover. You want to get going?
0: Yeah, so we went to Rome, we were talking about that before with my brother in town, and, um, he'd never been to Rome, he'd never been to Europe, so we thought, what, we've got to go see, you know, the Colosseum, and the Pantheon, and all of that, and, It was awesome. I was able to arrange a guided tour for the Colosseum for the underground part called the Dungeons or, um, there's another name for it, but it's slipping my head right now. And the upper third level, which was really cool just to hear these stories. But I'd have to say my favorite part was being underground. What about you, Jay? My
1: favorite part of Rome? Of the Coliseum tour. Oh, the Coliseum tour. Um, yeah, I, I liked. Um, I liked learning about the holes in the floor where they had the the, uh, the elevators and the winches. That was pretty cool. <coughs> um, and yeah. I liked the. Um, I like going out onto the uh, actual. The, oh, like the stage. The stage of the, they have a. They built about a quarter of the stage. They rebuilt it at one end. I think it's the south side whatever, the side that they take out the uh, all the animals from, and you uh, get to go on to there as part of this tour, which was great. Highly recommend tours if you're going to go to Rome and you're going to go do the Vatican or the the um, Roman Forum or the Colosseum. Get a tour, or at very least the audio guides, because it really, for me at least, you just look around and you just look at all this stuff, you have no idea what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, and I was a dumb enough person to think that the bricks were new I was like oh I think those bricks are probably new and it ends up the bricks are freaking just damn near as old too so you I that being said of doing the tour I would say first trip to Rome try to get like one guided tour and an audio guide for most places we're lucky enough to live here and to have gone back to Rome many times so I think our first trip to Rome We were were there for a few days, and we did audio guides in most places, including, like, the Vatican Museum and things like that. Then I was able to go back and have a guided... Trip when some family was here, and now to do the guided one of the Coliseum. It was just kind of cool to break them down one by one like that and uh, a little more dedicated on each trip. And yeah, to really hear these stories and make your imagination run wild and make the place come to life and to think of how many people were sitting there and the food they were eating and how they were moving these animals and the outrageous stories of having naval battles and things like that in the Coliseum, filling it with. Oh, it's just crazy. And, yeah. Well, all the slaves working, and I don't know. I just, I love that stuff. I love hearing, it, well, it made it sound like I love slaves, but I love hearing these stories, and... Uh,
1: so, if you have the extra money to do it, it's it makes, it makes the trip much more, much uh, richer, because you can find out all, all about these things. And I've never had a bad guide in Rome.
0: No, and I was going to say, it's not that much more expensive. I think it was 12 bucks per person more for the guided tour, so that's not bad. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and then we also saw, of course, we went St. Peter's and our favorite building, the Pantheon.
1: So we did a, a nice little two days, uh, two days, two nights in Rome, three days, I should say.
0: We stayed in Ostia Antica, and um, that was nice to be outside of the city. And um, we'll especially to close to, to the airport, but there was, was
1: horrible traffic. It was better to be close to the airport because uh, Ashley's brother had a very very early flight the last morning. Uh, I think his flight took off at six fifteen, so it was nice to be out uh, out by, out of the air by the airport. It was ten minutes to the airport, but. Driving around Rome is not something I recommend, especially if you're not used to driving with in crazy, crazy. Oh traffic. my God!
0: There's no lane markings. There's not a lot of. There's signaling. no rules. There's no rules. No. At the only place crazier is Napoli, and just I think thank God you drove some enough in New York to get a hang of it too, where you just go with the flow. It's just like don't stop.
1: But it's it's re- especially from when you're not used to it. I mean, out here there's no cars. There's one stoplight <laughs> in all of. Our area, all like four, vi- four traffic, little villages.
0: Traffic is when there's a tractor slowing you yes. down. <laughs>
1: it always makes me laugh when guests ask us. So, what's the parking situation out there? Yeah, what's the parking gonna be like in Piobico? Yeah, we're going to Piovec Is there parking. It's like, yeah, there's two thousand people in Piovec. I don't think you're gonna have. And-
0: it's italy in a small town you can put your car (coughs) wherever you can fit it for the most part too it it is it's funny but so rome it rained towards the end but otherwise great weather Uh, yes it was perfect time of year for no tourists and no crowds let me tell you if you're looking at a nice quiet time to go to rome beginning of december it started to feel festive the weather was great uh, for the, the most part the streets the
1: streets were empty
0: empty we kept trying to tell my brother you have no idea normally the spanish steps are packed or the pantheon there was barely there was no one I think in was the
1: pantheon there were 23
0: other people in the
1: pantheon yeah
0: Insane. Normally school trips everywhere and things like that. So that was really great. However, I always struggle with the food. Like we um, had a bunch of recommendations of places to eat, which was great. However, it's also hard because Rome is a big city. So to get from, you know, you're over... Yeah, near the Spanish Steps, but yet you have a pizza recommendation for near Vatican City. So it's like, oh, jeez Louise. Should I take a cab? Where do something around here? But we did find a place near Campo di Fiori, which we like to try to go to. This place for the filet de bacala, for the um, fit fried fish, but they're closed, like always. No.
1: Um, we've been there once, otherwise that place is always closed.
0: Every single time we try. Um, but then we heard about going to this place called Roscioli, which is like one of the oldest butchers or something, or some old deli. And it was great. Jason was happy with what he ordered, but um dinner
1: Not for kids though. Like no. for your brother, he got um ravioli with Botarga. And Botarga is the um egg sack of a fish called the Mugine. I don't I think it's a sturgeon, but I'm not sure what it is in English. And they dry that sack out and it's like caviar. Then they grate it over your pasta and he got ravioli with this uh, botarga over the top. Which he no,
0: yeah, he had no, no idea. what it go, was. I go, how's your ravioli? And he was like, it was a little fishy, and um, so I go to have a bite, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" And Jason's like, "It's freaking go Target." Like,
1: <laughs> well, it's just not a place for someone who doesn't care, who just wants to shove a bowl full of ravioli in their mouth. Yeah, I, I got tuna from Sardinia um, and with uh, grilled artichokes and olives, and I was a pig and shit. You I thought were it was so awesome.
0: happy. You just like tucked into your plate, and you're like,
1: Ooh. didn't offer anyone any didn't nope. Didn't want... I thought it was a great place. So, if you're into that kind of char- Italian charcuterie type of things and cheeses from all over Italy, go check it out. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Good bread, too.
0: Awesome. Awesome bread. Um, but we went to Trastevere for dinner to a restaurant we've been to before, and I gotta say...
1: What's the name? Uh, Augusta?
0: Yeah, and I was Augusto,
1: just... Augusto. Trattoria Augusto. Or, yeah, or Osteria.
0: Whatever. But it was just... <sighs> It was a miss, I gotta say.
1: The first time we went here, we got the record. I forget who. Rick Steves. Probably. And so it was it, awesome.
0: Did they jump the shark?
1: I don't know. But it was awesome. It was, the, the daughter was serving and there was no menu. She just came out and asked you what you wanted and told you like six different things. There was no check at the end. She just took like a crayon and like wrote down everything on your table tablecloth, the paper tablecloths, and then did the math right there. Uh, it was awesome. Went back this time, and it was like... It was like pre-made. Yeah, it was like cafeteria food. Like
0: we ordered, we all got secundos, we all went for meat dishes, and within six minutes they were all at the table, and it was like, whoa, 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 and which obviously means everything was pre-cooked. Yeah, it, just, it was just disappointing.
1: Sorry, I'm throwing more...
0: Sorry. Ah, Jason's putting wood in our stove. This year, we got rid of our little potbelly stove. And with this, what is this called? I mean, it's called a stufa. Stufa, stufa a little wood-burning stove. And it's much, much more efficient. efficient. So this year, no worries, folks. We won't die of uh, poisoning, like carbon, carbon monoxide poisoning. I, I really thought we were going to. Because you would just slip into this, like carbon monoxide coma in the middle of the day and be like, oh, it's so sleepy. Yeah, and then you walk out and then
1: you get go outside and you're like, oh, I feel much more awake and alive. <laughs> um, anyway, we're, we're digressing. But yes, this place, I don't know, I don't know if it got famous and now it's no good. Um, it's just a bummer. I know it is a bummer. Rome is really hit and miss. You have to know where to go. Um, I can say probably don't eat anywhere within the historic city center where all the tourist attractions are. But, like any other big city, exp- expensive when you choose the wrong route right when, when you make a mistake. This is true.
0: But we dropped off my brother and we moved on. We thought, let's break up the trip coming home. And we thought about Orvieto or Todi or Spoleto. And um, highly recommended by both Italian um, friends of ours and, and um, American friends who have been there. And then I started thinking, wait, if we're over there why don't we go to Norcia? Because it's a place we've always talked about going right on the umbria Marche border. And Castelluccio is there, which is famous for its lentils. And it was just kind of immediately settled. Yes, let's go there. So we jumped in the car. Hit horrific traffic for on the
1: G R A. Just getting Jesus. out of Rome, but it's two hours to, uh, from Rome to Norcia, and it's about two and a half hours from our house to Norcia.
0: Just like due east from Rome, kind uh, of uh, nestle, northeast.
1: Nestled in the Sablini Mountains um, mm-hmm. is two beautiful, picturesque little towns of of Norcia and Castelluccio, and you want to talk about what a Norcino is? A Norcino is a pork butcher.
0: And, uh, so Norcia is famous for their pork butchers and the way they cure their prosciutto.
1: Correct. And salamis and And sausages. salamis and all that
0: too. But especially, because you've, like, there's prosciutto di Norcia. He's famous. It's very famous. And, um, I guess the butchers there are so famous in Long, um for so long throughout history that even there's like famous surgeons from this town because they were used to butchering the meat. Like they were so fine tuned with their skills, but, um, we went and stayed at a sweet place there and, took a little day trip. Um, we were only there for a night, but we really took advantage of the whole day, like a day and a half being there. And we went to Skegino, which is a little town outside of Spoleto on the way to Nor-ci- Norcia for lunch. And it was, I read that it was supposed to be a teeny tiny mini Venice. And in a way it was, they had a, like two canals and a river. And it was really, a it was
1: cute... River uh, Nara.
0: Yeah, it was really cute and a really crackly little city where you could walk around um, through the old part. But oh my it was the best lunch. No?
1: Yeah, they had grilled brook trout from the river right next that that ran right next to the restaurant and it, it just grilled it was awesome
0: so we're in deep in the mountains like or in the foothills too like we are up here and it was great to be staying in a city known for pork but to go just to half an hour outside and have this great still be in the mountains but have a great fish lunch nice and light and also we had the antipasti and that would have to be the best um
1: black truffle crostini I've ever had
0: absolutely it was so good and at first bite you were like like you see and think oh god I mean we have it all the time out here and all the festivals and it's uh whatever but this was good
1: it was really good I don't know maybe we're just hungry
0: and the um how do you call it the prosciutto prosciutto di
1: norcia yeah
0: I think it's sweet
1: it's it is sweeter and not as salty as like prosciutto di Parma or mantanella or stuff that there's things that we usually get
0: and I noticed they all seem to hand cut the prosciutto because it was much, th- or at least it was just all much
1: thicker. They cut their salamis and their prosciutto a little thicker than than we cut it. I don't know, maybe that's just them there. I have no idea, but it's uh, definitely worth a visit. And if you're ha- if you're around there, check it out.
0: Skidjino, and then in Norcia itself, we went to go listen to the monks chant, and that's uh, true. which was really cool. And then in San Benedetto, uh, the Church of San Benedetto, and then we. Went to dinner.
1: So, well, you tell the story.
0: <laughs> I've been doing all
1: the uh, talking. We went to dinner across the street from this little hotel, that really nice hotel we stayed at. And um, this is the oldest uh, restaurant in Norchi. It's in all the books. Yeah. And it had a giant fireplace in the, at the uh, front of the dining room. And um, this little guy comes over and Ashley, Ashley tucked in. Ashley ordered
0: Let me see. I want to tell you guys the name of the place. It's called Granado del Monte,
1: Um, and it's everyone will know this restaurant in town. But um, Ashley ordered healthily. We had the. What do you like
0: to say? (laughs) He said, "I ordered the whole left side."
1: Ashley ordered the left (laughs) side of the menu. I mean, the you know Italian menu. It's not that big, and Ashley ordered a lot of things. But I will say, oh,
0: Oh, so I
1: I, we have to push pause real quick. I have to go turn my bread dough once. Okay, thanks. Sorry about that. Had to go and give the first turn to the bread dough that I'm trying out again today, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, back to the restaurant. Back to my feeding frenzy. Yes. (laughs) So, um, so Ashley ordered the left side, and, um... Quite possibly the best gnocchi I've ever had in whoa, my
0: life. Whoa, whoa, Back it up. So I, uh, oh, yeah, I order, and um, I wasn't even thinking about it. I knew I wanted lentil soup because the area is famous for the lentils. And I just for some reason thought it would be a small little bowl, so that would be more of like an antipasta. And then I got gnocchi. With truffles, and I was like, "All right, that's my primo." And then I got this serious secundo, and I was like, "This is going to be good." But let's not what was la- the, what was your secundo? The secundo was pork medallions wrapped in
1: lardo. No, no, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, with a uh, um, these greens that were like. Dry fried, (laughs) I keep saying. With
1: chicory, and then it was a little, um, like a a, uh, sauce of um, pecorino cheese, and then uh, truffles over the top.
0: And then the poached pear in...
1: Red wine. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And a bit of potatoes and tomato. So, there's, a, there's plenty of food to be had, but let's not mince words here. Jason did not order light either. I might have ordered two Primo's. He ordered two
1: Segundo's. Well, I got the... I wanted to try the trout again, <laughs>
0: and I also... What else did I get? You got, like, the lamb chop? Oh, yeah, I, I got... Well... The, oh, because there was a huge fireplace. Yeah,
1: they were grilling meat in this huge fireplace at the front of the dining room, so I was like, well, I have to get grilled With lamb.
0: this, like incredible rotisserie thing that you just kept thinking, oh my God, you could put a whole pig in there. That was, that, it looked so incredible. Um, so w- after we order, I'd look at the waiter and I say, oh, like uh, we have a hearty appetite. No. And he goes, I've noticed. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So whatever. we order some wine and it's like, let's get
1: comfortable. And, uh, dinner was great. Dinner was great.
0: Dinner was great. The gnocchi was the best freaking gnocchi I've ever had. They made it with patate
1: rossa. Right, yeah. So the secret to gnocchi, I get. Uh, my gnocchi never come out great, but they come out good, but not uh, like this. Not like this. Red potatoes. You have to use red potatoes because they have the right amount of starch and water content. And
0: people will tell you all different types of potatoes, but let me tell you, I've eaten a lot of gnocchi, and these were hot damn the best ones I've ever had.
1: Very light. They were like little pillows. Little
0: pillows that when you press it from the tongue to the roof of your mouth, it just perfectly collapses into like a mashed potato. And it was... it was just... It was you know, yogi awesome.
1: yogi can sometimes be like hard or, or gummy Gummy. or when you eat them you feel like they expand in your yes. stomach. No, I could eat these all night. Yeah, they were really all freaking day, good. Oh, <laughs> just on of Tech. Anyway, after we after we we la- uh we're getting ready to leave. Oh, and
0: we ate Everything.
1: Yeah, 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 it was good. It wasn't. Oh,
0: and, but let's just go back to one other thing too. Your trout was actually just a vehicle for meat and cheese. I know
1: it wasn't. <laughs> the tr- well, I wasn't going to say anything, but the trout wasn't very good. The, that trout wasn't no, very good. If you're
0: looking for the trout, go to Scagino. If you're looking for the pork and the gnocchi, go to the uh, Norcia.
1: Um, but anyway, go ahead. Le- leaving the restaurant.
0: Leaving the restaurant. The waiter runs out after us.
1: Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait.
0: <laughs> what did he hear me?
1: Well, there's these, um, plates that, uh, basically she, they gave her a plate to take home with
0: her. I ate so well, he said he wanted to give me a plate to commemorate it. So, I'm a big girl with a big appetite. Well, explain
1: the plates, because they're special, they're kind of special.
0: Yeah, they're these cool handmade plates that are from some company who do this, um, for, like, restaurants and, like, Osteria places, um, little eateries throughout Italy that you can get these handmade plates made um and
1: it, it has the it's has their famous dish on it. Uh-huh. And it's a, Which it's, just so
0: happened to be what I had ordered.
1: And it's like the it's called like a record of a uh, bon, of good record or I don't know. What oh
0: happened? yeah, like Buon Ricordo. Yeah. Yeah like a good memory of your meal or something. And but c- uh
1: certain I think there's part of this group that some of these some restaurants and some uh little family run eateries yes, are part so, of.
0: Because some of the guests have tried to get us to get into that before. Yeah
1: and you can and you can uh Collect them from uh-huh. all these places, but
0: it was hysterical. It just made me feel extra fat to be chased out and said, "Oh, and here's a plate to remember to remind you all that you ate." So, and it snowed that night in Norcia, which was very romantic and nice. And the next morning, we decided to go check out um, Castelluccio, which is where the lentil fields are, um, that are in the Marque, and the town is in Umbria. However, just about 10, 20 kilometers outside of town, if that, we had to turn around, because the roads were impassable with snow. So we'll have to go back in May or June when the fields are in bloom, which is when it's supposed to be spectacular anyway. But coming home, we stopped at, um, back in Norcia we had stopped in town and then also outside of town there's um a butcher shop called Ensuini, Fratelli Ensuini. And um it was really interesting because their shop in town is actually not the original family any longer. It's just someone who has taken over the business. If you want to go to the original brothers, the original butchery shop, you need to go outside of town in the, um,
1: zone industrial. Yeah, the industrial zone. All the, all the, all the, um, fabricas. What would fabrica be in?
0: Like, not workshop, but like, um, laboratory or
1: where they make it. A fabrica
0: is where they make something. Yeah, what what would you call
1: that in English? I don't know, keep talking. Anyway, um, all of those are outside in the Zona Industriale, right Outside, like, two kilometers outside of Norcia, so not hard to find. No. The more of the shops for the touristy people are yeah. in town.
0: and Jason gives me this look before we go in, all we're going to get is lentils. And then we look at him, he's like, ooh, what kind of sausages are those? Oh, pork and board. I'll take um, ten of those. Um, What other meat did you want, and what was the pork fat thing you got?
1: The pork fat thing. Those
0: little bits. It's Those like bagos.
1: fried pork skins. I'm going to put them into focaccia bread.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, that's a perfect segue. Let's talk bread, baby.
1: So, update on my starter. I have now have my mother, my, my uh, natural yeast starter, ri- um, rising and falling in a predictable manner, and I feed it every day.
0: While we were gone, you had our neighbor watch it?
1: Uh, yep. Thank you, Carolyn, for watching, for feeding my girl, feeding my baby every morning. Um, so now, yesterday, I tried to make bread for the first time, a simple country loaf, and um, didn't go so well.
0: So you were doing this consistent, making sure it was consistent for a week, about? Uh, No, more like ten, two weeks. Okay, about two weeks.
1: All right. And um, what we're waiting for is for the, um, the starter, after you feed it, about three or four hours to rise, and then it turns from the sweet smell to more of a vinegary, like, uh, sour smell. And it was doing that predictably, so I'm ready to make bread. So the night before I'm ready to make bread, I discard all of, but two or three spoonfuls of the mature starter. I add water and flour again, and I let it sit overnight, and this is now my leavening. And I use that leavening to make the bread the next day, and then the leavening, I add more flour and water to, and it now becomes my starter again. So you can constantly are using this... This starter and throwing some out and adding flour and using some of that and fermenting it again. So, it's really not difficult once you kind of understand what's going on. It sounds like a lot of work. No, it's literally 30 seconds. Every morning, all you do is dump three quarters of the starter out into the garbage and put equal parts of flour and water, mix it up, throw the towel back on, you're done. Okay. Literally, while the coffee is, is brewing, I do it. It takes two minutes. That's work. true. Um... So then, yesterday during the bulk rise or the first big rise for the bread, after you mix the flour and the water and the salt and all that, and you let it sit, um, it needs to it needs to do this at eighty degrees Fahrenheit, um, or about thirty-one degrees centigrade. And God knows my kitchen is not. <laughs> 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So
0: no, you turned on the the thing, the thermometer. What did it? uh, The thermostat. What was it? The room temperature?
1: um, Not warm at all. In the 60s. So what I have to do is, I thought, okay, well, I'll put it by the fire and wrap it in a blanket. Well, I put it by the fire and wrapped it in a blanket and just left it for a little bit too long, and it cooked on one side. So I cooked my my uh, uh, dough while it was trying to rise, and it didn't go so well. Today, what I've done differently is I have a thick uh, plastic um, container for it, and I turn the oven on to, like, very, very, very low, like uh, 50 degrees centigrade or, like, 100 and something degrees Fahrenheit for, like, 15 minutes, and then just shut the oven off. And then I let it rise in there, so hopefully it'll be about what I need it to be, which is 31, 30, 31 degrees uh uh or or eighty degrees centigrade I
0: okay. hope it works because we didn't have bread for dinner last night no we did this a little up I'm path. sorry
1: that's not true twenty 26 degrees centigrade not eighty that's eighty not eighty eight uh, nine 30, 31 is like ninety two what are you doing boycat no he's fine okay so that's where we are on the bread and hopefully by in the next couple days I'll have an actual edible. Oh, yeah, ones. I
0: sure hope so. I'm really excited. This has been going on for long enough. I'm ready to taste the goods.
1: All right, what else do we have on our list to talk about?
0: Um, I don't have much else to talk about. I was thinking about how it feels like Christmas, and I was thinking about Christmas movies, and how it just cracks me up so much how they change in Italy the names of movies all the time. I don't exactly know why. Maybe just so it's more public friendly or makes more sense to people. But um, two of my favorite movies that are Christmas movies that they changed the name um, in Italian (laughs) is Bad Santa, which is. Babbo Bastardo, and Home Alone, which it's something like they changed the title to... Natalia senza Mama. Yes! Christmas Without Mama. And it just cracks me up because it's like, that must be much more um, intense of a pull for people than just Home Alone. But um, I don't know, I was just thinking, I wanted to watch a Christmas movie today because it's all snowy again and... I'm feeling holly jolly. You've been
1: baking cookies. And- no, today is Monday. It is time to get going. It is now almost 8.30. It's time to go. All right, I have
0: one more thing to say. Go Seahawks.
1: Yeah, if Seahawks won big last yeah. No one cares. This I is an Italy podcast, know, not an American football never could podcast. Never can I say that. <laughs> Don't get too excited. This I know. isn't over yet. <laughs> Um, coming up this week, what do we got going? Ashley, you're going to continue to write?
0: Yes, we have, um, some Italian lessons, language lessons. We're meeting friends for lunch tomorrow, um, for a good duck lunch. So we'll have to talk about that. Oh, um, I put on the blog, um, photos and all the details from our lunch at the Hunter's Hideaway in Apecchio, which is actually called Aqua
1: Partita. But, uh, so check it out for sure, too. Um, coming up here in the next few days, we're going to make our cappelletti for Christmas, the little hats that you serve at Christmas. We'll have to talk about, pan, uh, we talked about pan, Panettone Pandemonium last time, I think. Uh, time to put the snow tires on. Woo! Yes. And, um, get ready for Christmas, because it is, do you know Christmas is 15 days away? Oh, my gosh. That is not, that's two weeks. That's not a long time at all.
0: It doesn't feel, since we don't have TV, we don't really, like, watch commercials for anything, it doesn't have that same, like, commercialism feel, you know what I mean? So there's not that, like, shopping, shop shop, where it's more like, where's more wood
1: to put on the fire? (laughs) Um, oh, real quick political thing, yes, um last week um, Berlusconi's party which is uh, pulled out uh, had a vote of no confidence for the pre- uh, Mario Monti our premier so we will be having a new government again here probably in March I don't understand Italian politics I do understand that nothing gets done
0: it's insane it
1: is insane and why does Berlusconi just go away I
0: don't know when you're that old who cares? and that rich uh, yes yeah, exactly. Chill.
1: just chill brother an Island. Have your bunga bunga parties. And who cares? I, I get it. Uh, we wanted. To, did we want to throw out a, um, a question? A uh, question? You don't have one, do you? Okay. Bring it home, Ash. It's been a half hour. i got to get to work.
0: I know it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us um, online on Facebook, on Twitter, um, anywhere really, at LaTavlaMarca.
1: Um Check us out on our blog at latavolamarche.blogspot.com uh, Twitter, blah, 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 uh, Send us your questions or what's, anything you'd like to hear about or um, or great... You know what? If anyone has any great things, Italian things for Christmas, traditions that they did with their family or...
0: I was thinking about that too. New
1: traditions that you've started with your old family, something interesting and fun that we can talk about for uh, our next podcast, that would be great. And you could do... And if I want to make a gingerbread house. Sure you do. You mean you want me to do all the work for, and you just get to put on the fun candies. I want to eat the candies as we're yeah, 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 there. yeah 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 <laughs> that, that's just what I have to do like my grandma would say who needs it that's just what I have to do with myself Boy cat's going psycho Um Marque, can you spell it please
0: L A T A V O L A M A R C H
1: E. La <laughs> Tavola. Okay. Well, thank you very much for downloading and um, have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time from beautiful white Piobico, Italy. Hopefully, someone will please plow the road today so we can go get milk. <laughs> have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Ciao.
2: Sentire Hey, podcast producers and show hosts, do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian at Centiri Media? We understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy.